All right, you beautiful people. We've got nothing but rain in the Memphis area today, but our spirits are high anyway. Still, you may be able to tell about the rain from the, uh, the sound. I'm recording from the Jeep Grand Cherokee studio. It was a busy week for Memphis 901 FC. It started out on Saturday with the charity match for St. Jude Children's Hospital and former Memphis City intern Anna De La Rosa. Anna was diagnosed with leukemia this offseason, and she is at St. Jude right now receiving treatment. A uh, friendly to raise money for Anna and for St. Jude uh, took place on Saturday at Christian Brothers University. Christian Brothers hosting Memphis 901 FC. Good turnout. The weather held off. It was cloudy, but not stormy. And it was a good turnout for this fundraiser that supports St. Jude. Um, I would like to thank uslchampionship.com. They wrote an article about this event. And anytime we keep St. Jude in the national attention, uh, that's a really good thing. People might think, oh yeah, I remember that St. Jude exists. Let me donate to the cause. As far as the action on the field, Evio Cordovez opened the scoring with a header uh, close to halftime. I would say probably in about the 40th minute. Uh, he had many opportunities, and he finally put one in the back of the net. I really think that guy is going to hit his timing and rhythm and is going to be a great goal-scoring option for Memphis 901 FC. Three goals in the second half. Uh, the best or most beautiful of those goals, they were all nice, but the most beautiful of those goals was a backwards flick-on header from Junior Sandoval off of a corner kick from Lewis Bennett. It was a thing of beauty. A good overall result, uh, 4-1 for Memphis 901 FC. Uh, there was a <laughs> CBU um, a guy named Maximilian, can't remember his last name, sorry. Uh, but, man, this kid is a really, really good player. And uh, he had a, a beautiful, beautiful free kick from outside the box and probably 25 yards out that, that was really probably um, the goal of the day. So both sides, very competitive. Both sides, uh, you know, playing well, but most of all, a great event for a great cause. Later in the week, Memphis 901 FC traveled to Nashville to take on Louisville. I know that sounds weird, but it's kind of equidistant between the two clubs. And um, even though the defending champions won by a score of 4-2, to two, there were positives to, uh, to talk about. And we talked to Clayton France of Bluff City Mafia about what we can tell about that closed-door scrimmage uh, just by looking at Twitter. That's all we were really able to do on that day. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the 901 Soccer Podcast. Clayton France, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, hey, listen, uh, why is it that every time you're on the pod, it's pouring down rain in the Memphis area? Uh, I think it's just bad timing on our part, I guess. I guess. Yeah. 
we'll I just, guess. You know, our next for our next podcast, I'll be sure to check the radar a few days in advance, and you know, we'll see what we're looking like. Okay, speaking of pouring down rain, it was raining in Nashville, Tennessee, yesterday, while the uh, the two time defending champion Louisville City FC was taking on our beloved Memphis 901 FC. In the first half, we played, from what I can tell, uh, we played the same starters for two games in a row. Who named them? Scott Levine in goal, Todd Pratzner and Mark Birch in the back, along with Tristan Hodge and Wes Sharpie. Ewan Grandison, Dan Metzger, Adam Najem, Leston Paul, uh, Evio Cordovez, or Cordovez, depending on who you ask, and Dwayne Muckett. Uh, looked like, from what we could tell on the Twitters, like a pretty good first half for 901 FC. After giving up a penalty, not good. Uh, they did equalize. Unfortunately, gave up a goal 30 seconds later and went into the half 2-1. That same exact score was doubled in the second half where for a final of 4-2. So, from what what can what can we tell about that result after playing you know the defending the two-time defending champions of USL is there anything that we can tell about that result well i i told you going into that game i said if we lose by two or less i think it's a good result and that's what happened so i think that that looks a lot better losing Losing two, losing by two looks a lot better when you put up two goals against the defending Then if you were to just get shut out, too. Two-nil would not have been a good result. Right, because that's – you know, we've, we've done – this is, what, three scrimmages now, and, and short of the one goal, you've had, what, one goal apiece for the first team right. in both scrimmages? So – and that was against, you know, Memphis and CBU. And and notably, you know, Memphis and CBU are not great measures of competition because we don't know what either team is going to look like this season. Right. You know, um, so to go, into, to go into a neutral site and to play, a, to play the, the, the defending champion, who marketably is a very good team, you know, yes, I know they've lost a couple of people from the from that winning side last year and 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 such by not getting the MLS bid, but they're still a really good team. Well, Cameron Lancaster got the MLS bid because Cameron Lancaster went to uh, a team in Nashville SC that is going to most likely sign him to an MLS contract. I don't guess you can blame him for that. Sure, we don't like Nashville, but you can't no. really blame him for that. But it looked, other than him, to be honest, in looking at that right. lineup with, you know, a lot of the same faces, a lot of the same jersey numbers. I mean, these were their guys for the most part. And so right. I thought it was a really right. good test to get to play against a team that has met with great success in USL. Right, right. And, I mean, and that's really, you know, that's really the mark of comparison in the USL is how do you stack up against the defending champion? You know, how do you – how do you look, you know, at what measure of success can you take away from that? And I think this is a good, this is a good result. You know, yes, it's a loss. I get it. But 
a very good result. In that we game. are listed by Vegas odd makers, uh, or at least by William Hill. Uh, I, I don't know. Are they stationed in uh, in Vegas or in England? Uh, I don't um, know the answer to that. But sure. uh, they, the uh, the the bookies currently have us at one hundred yeah. to one. But I was comforted to see that, and I think this makes sense. All. Um, all of the expansion sides were listed at 100 to one. Uh, there's no data yet. I am nowhere near saying that I think this team can make the playoffs, but I think that we will have a much better gauge of that after seeing them against Tampa Bay Rowdies and actual competition for 90 minutes. And then also against Loudon United in the second game. After those two games, well, uh, let's say three games, because take it on the road once, right. right? See him play on the road once, see him play at home a couple of times. After that, I'll be willing to make a claim as to whether or not I think this is a playoff team. I'm reserving judgment. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the right decision here. I mean, as much as everybody would like to come into the season and beat their chest and say, you know, we're guaranteed playoff contenders, that's that's obviously, you know, there's no data to support anything like that. So, um, I mean, at 100 to 1 odds to win the league, you know, it's been done. It's definitely been done at worse odds. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I'll put $20 down. And who knows? That's what somebody was saying. Like, it's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's worth that little small investment right there. Just, you know, because you never know. Like, you don't know how you, right. you stack up. There's no way. Like, there's just not enough data yet, right? So, uh, we're not right. getting uh, too excited or anything. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but look, it is much easier to make the playoffs in USL now than it ever has been before. We're talking about the top 10 teams. All you have to do is finish in the top 10 of your conference and right. you can get into the playoffs. So, uh, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the East looks like with – you know, we've said this before, the East is getting two MLS expansion teams. It'll be interesting to see how that looks. But then you have, like, teams like Loudon who have only signed, like, five or six official players. I think uh, D.C. United is just going to give them all their players, out. all their reserve team players at the last minute. <laughs> Probably. And it's the same, but, like, Birmingham's the same boat. I mean, Birmingham is only announced. Yeah, but like, what, what, what if, what if, what if on like Loudon the day before their game, it's like Loudon United signs fifteen players, and they're all yeah. they're I mean, all from DC United. They're on loan. <laughs> DC United I mean, announces fifteen I loans. Mean, that would not surprise me. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure that's what a lot of MLS teams do. You know, the guys have to yeah. get experience somewhere. So. I mean, it, that wouldn't surprise me if that's what, you know, some of the MLS teams do. You know, we're new to this. We don't, you know, we've never done this before. Um, so I don't have a gauge of, of what to expect. But at the same time, I am really looking forward to see how we stack up. I think the East is marketably stronger than the West this year. Um, you know, as far as talent goes, especially with with Nashville making, you know, some headline signings. Um you know, obviously Louisville is who they are. You know, Cincinnati made such a deep USL, you know, US Open Cup run last year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's, I think it's going to be a good time. St. Louis comes back to the East and, and supposedly a pretty strong squad. I mean, um, 
know. So, uh, you know, we now know with uh, with uh, a guaranteed amount of certainty that there will be no Memphis City FC this year. We still maintain hope that there will be a uh, development team in the future for the, uh, the, the, the teenage kids who are trying to get some more experience or could potentially play at the pro level to play, um, you know, under the 901 FC umbrella or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, I'm right. dealing emotionally with the fact that there is no Memphis City FC this year. So, um, you know, I know you've got, as the, as the capo at Bluff City Mafia, I know you've got a lot on your plate, but what are, what are, some, um, what are some Memphis City memories that will stick out to you? Oh, oh man, there's a lot. Um, you know, definitely the first the first time that we ever did this with you know a, a match of you know events. It was really just a bunch of college kids that none of us knew who any of them were against some high school That's kids. Exactly what we had, yeah, um, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, we we banged it. We banged one a drum, drum. Um, nope. With one yeah. mallet. One drum with and, one mallet. Right. And Taylor, for the life of him, could not figure out how to get the beat to shots, even though. All right. Let's see who works this time. Oh, the time, the very first time we ever ripped smoke bombs. Yeah. That That's a good time. That was so phenomenal. I mean. And going off of that one, I will bring up the time with uh, Academy at home was a lot of fun because I think that was our best smoke bomb display ever. Yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, yeah, the the announcers, that was the first time we ever had announcers on a game uh, on the live right. stream, and they could not see the first goal. Right, right. Because of all the smoke, and I was, you know – pretty proud of that yeah yeah you definitely want to have those kind of moments you know when you do when you do a supporters group you you know you look at it and you you want to have the moments that people are going to remember not just the people that are in the group but people from around the country and I think that was one that got a little bit of a recognition you know else in other places I also, in, I know, that, in that Portsmouth game, I also really liked the. Uh, that was one of my favorite rogue selfies. That was a good rogue selfie because we got but, all the we got all the Portsmouth guys, you know, to do it with us. Yeah, the the Portsmouth guys uh, tweeted out a picture of uh, a selfie that they had taken on the bench during the game. Like the coach right. was the one who took the picture. That was the greatest. Right, right. Yeah, those kids were just having a blast, and and they were enjoying the music, enjoying the smoke, and yeah. laughing had, laughing at our ridiculously stupid jokes. Right. I had several of them come up to me after the game and tell them it felt like home. So, you know, hey, that, was, that was a pretty proudful moment. That's awesome. So uh, That's awesome. Well, uh, look, man, uh, we're going to let you go. We're uh, kind of approaching a, a bit of our new self-imposed time limit as we're trying to get these segments in a little <laughs> bit quicker these days than our traditional hour-and-a-half, two-hour podcast. But uh, anyway uh, – Got uh, Fan Fest coming up on March the 2nd, and I'm sure Bluff City Mafia will be well represented. Bluff City Mafia will definitely be there. Um, 
And if you haven't got your Bluff City Mafia gear, you know, reach out to us, let us know, and we will take care of that. All right, Glenn France, thanks a lot, man. It's good talking with you. All right, Scotty, we'll talk soon. All right, see ya. See ya. Well, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget about FanFest on March the 2nd, and we are just mere weeks away from our March the 9th opener versus the Tampa Bay Rowdies, 6 o'clock, AutoZone Park. Make your plans. Season ticket sales are not just season ticket sales. Single game tickets are now available. For those of you who are waiting on single game tickets, there you go. You can go to memphis901fc.com and get your single game tickets. Be there on March the 9th. It's going to be a historic night in the city of Memphis. Thanks to Clayton for joining us. And thank you for listening to the 901 Soccer Podcast.